Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer, arranger, teacher, piano player from Germany, Jonas Tim. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Jonas Tim with us, joining us from the Deutschland. Sir, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and before the show, we were talking about people who come on. English isn't their native language. And he was telling us about his teacher. Yeah, go tell us about that. Then we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I started studying in Leipzig, which is a famous... Uh, city of classical music but uh, as a piano teacher Richie Bayrak was there like uh, yeah and he was a very very nice teacher but I uh, always had English lessons with former Russian teachers because I grew up in former Eastern Germany and like all of our English teachers were Russian teachers and in the first two weeks I started to um, realize, okay, my English has to get so much better if I want to really, really get the thing from Richie. And so, yeah, I, I continued with English lessons. Okay, and do they swing well in jazz in Russia? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really get many Russian guests. Uh, yeah, no, actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, swinging is another, it's another thing we should talk about. But um, I have like Olga, Olga Reznichenko. She was a Russian pianist and she started studying with me. And actually, she does a good job swinging. It's, okay. It's, yeah, it's nice. So I don't know how to sum, yeah. I mean, that's something I need to get off my, you know, actually go out and reach out to more Russians. Yeah, that's something I'll yeah. do more of. And Jonas, just tell the people about yourself because we just skipped that whole part. Go <laughs> there. Yeah, um, I grew up as a, um, as a kid of two uh, parents who sing professionally in a choir. So that's my background, um, classical choir training. And um, I started singing when I was five. I started piano playing when I was five. I was raised in Berlin, uh, capital of Germany. And yeah, my first, the first album was Oscar Peterson plays the Cole Porter songbook. I heard with I heard that with five years I started, yeah, hearing that, and so I would say that was uh, that was an influence over the years. But with fifteen, I started with the jazz piano training, or the, that was the first time I really thought about improvisation and yeah, about scales, about blues, about the whole heritage thing. I started thinking or playing this the first time with fifteen. And after school, I took another year to practice. And we have like a pre practice, uh, like um, in Germany, we have a program where you could prepare yourself for studying because studying is uh, free. The bachelor degrees are free in Germany. You don't have to pay any money. So everyone wants to get in and it's very hard to get in. Um, and then I had the great opportunity to study three years with Richie Bayrak in Leipzig and uh, continued to study with Michael Wolny, who is a, in Germany, famous piano player. And that was a great time. I'm constantly living in Leipzig. And yeah, my new album was released in April, in April. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, first, first, not, not the first thing. Yeah, language. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, and this is um, this album was mainly influenced by a time in Barcelona, six months I had there, um, of Erasmus Exchange, and I was very impressed by the people and the musical heritage and the composers there. And um, so, yeah, I, I got the idea of a of a of a new uh, new musical thing going on for me, which is like we recorded as a quintet with accordion, with a classical guitar, piano, bass, and drums. Yeah, and okay. that's more or less. Yeah. Since you brought up the album earlier than I expected, no problem. Let's go, go into that. So, your parents were yeah. singers, so you have a classical background. We picked that up. And you had more of a tango bossa nova feel in the whole album in general. So yeah. how did those three come together on a jazz album? I experienced Latin, Latin American dances with 16, actually with the drummer who is on the album, Diego Piñera. He is a Uruguayan descent. Decent? Do you yeah, say decent? Decent. Yeah, yeah decent. And... Um, I was completely in love with this kind of music and this with this shape uh, from the beginning on, begin on. Like salsa music uh, was the beginning, I have to admit. But then all the dances and like all the rich dances, um, not only Brazil and Argentina and Cuba, but as well Peru and Uruguay, there's so much to discover. And I really love that and try to go in that. Um, and maybe com combine it with colors from, yeah, I, of the French impressionist, uh, impressionistic uh, composers. That is what I would say. I love these kind of coloring music, mm -hmm. and to bring these two things together, that was yeah more or less the idea of the CD. Yeah. Okay, because it wasn't like a straight ahead album. I'm not saying it was bad. I actually enjoyed it. That's why I was just questioning on that. Thank you. Yeah, and. How did your parents take it when they when you said you weren't going to sing anymore and you were going to go play jazz? That's a funny story, actually, because <laughs> with 16, I thought about going to be a singer and to study singing, classical singing. And they said, yeah, Jonas, uh, maybe not. It's very hard to earn money as a classical singer. Ooh. Okay, jazz piano. Maybe, like, <laughs> jazz music is a very good opportunity to earn much money. Like, they did not have a clue about the whole jazz game. They just said... <laughs> they just said, don't do classical. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I didn't in the end. And I ended up like being like, yeah, studying jazz piano, which I really enjoyed actually. It was a good choice, mm -hmm. I have to say. So do yeah. you play any pop songs over there or any record any non-jazz albums? Um, I did record an album with a salsa band, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's and that is maybe the most popular thing I record. I work with, uh, for example, with a children's choir in Eastern Germany, who's more or less famous. I do that as a regular job, um, accompanying choirs. That's more, yeah, out of out of the. The influence my par my parents had on me, I went into that, and I love it. And I love choir music. I love uh, classical choir music. 
for example, I love the whole gospel heritage as well, but in Germany there's not at all a good gospel choir or something you can compare to. Uh, yeah, the thing is going on in the States, for example. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty happy that I'm not accompany, uh, accompanying, ending up accompanying some gospel choirs in Germany. I accompany classical choirs here, and that's nice. And listening to all the other music. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you ever been to the States? Uh, not yet. Actually, the plan was before the pandemic. I oh. had like a plan to go to New York and Miami and had some contacts to, contacts to teachers I really want to study with. And the plan is in the next year, in 23, in the summer month, okay. to come over. Yeah. And you're going to be in New York mainly, you said? Yeah, or? yeah, in okay. New York and in Miami because I'm interested in the Cuban scene there. Yeah, because it's pretty close to Cuba and uh, yeah, I hope to... Understood, understood. It's just that yeah. those two areas, New York has some good gospel churches, but I wouldn't say they have the better ones. There's some <laughs> other states I would forward you to, and then you're going to hear their choirs, and you're going to be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's a lot to discover in the states over there because, yeah, I, I got the impression, even musical wise, it's so many different states. It's not only one country, like it's a big, yeah, yeah. A big, yeah. That's what people don't get. It's like 50 plus different cultures because every state's yeah, yeah. kind of different. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, if I'm really looking forward to discover some of them and after and after, maybe coming back. Mm -hmm. So one other thing I need to know about it. Okay, so the German scene in general. So different parts, is it pretty much all the same? Uh, about the German scene in general? Yes, I don't know how close it is, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Mm. That's hard to say. And it's hard to sum it up, actually. Um, there's two, two big cities, I would say, two main big cities. It's Berlin and Cologne. Mm -hmm. And they have a big uh, cultural dense, I would say, even of, of different other countries. Um but from what people like to hear and uh, culture-wise, sometimes um, nah. they, say, they say jazz about, but it's not really jazz. It's not the heritage we have from the States. It's not the, the folk music which developed in the States over improvisation about this whole thing. That is not happening. But there is a lot of other very interesting improvisational uh, things going on here, I would say, and people call it jazz because they, yeah, they don't know better terms. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, maybe it's a very hard hard thing to say, but but that's that's maybe a, a kind of a, a kind of conclusion. I yeah, because I really love uh, the music from the fifties and the sixties, and uh, I mean yeah, I do love cool jazz and all that stuff, but. That's the 50s and the 60s in the States. Yeah. That's the problem. Oh, right. We're in 2022. As right in, now. Yeah, right now. So yeah, yeah. I can't be so, living in the past like that. I yeah, love doo-wop right. music too. It's just that when I turn on the music, I don't hear doo-wop. Yeah, all right. If you get what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> no. So even though it's evolving, I do like where it's going, even though sometimes I hear some stuff that's like, I'm like, yeah, that's way too much for me. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I see. 
<laughs> so in a perfect world, you have a traditional straight ahead, cool jazz band, right? Um, in the perfect world, this kind of cool jazz traditional band would be part of my job. Where, where like, yeah, yeah. that would be great. But um, it would bore me to have just that. I love to explore new things and new colors and new harmonic things. And I think they're like Richie's um, teachership was really had had a big influence on me. Yeah. Always try to discover new things, even out of classical background or out of the jazz background or out of the other cultural backgrounds. Try to explore things, try to create it new. Yeah, that's what he was saying all the time. That was quite important. Yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. one other thing, because you mentioned it also, it just came to my <laughs> head. I know it sounds I'm jumping all over the place. So no, you say the music education there is free for your bachelor's. Yeah. So what shocks did you face when you actually finished? Were you expecting to get a job? Were you expecting there to be gigs? Were you expecting, okay, I got to go abroad? What, what was the plan? And that didn't come to truth, or what were you thinking then? Actually, my teachers who prepared me for this study, this bachelor program, before they said, okay, you want, you want to do this? Okay, there's going to be one thing. It can be that you might have 200 bucks less than the last month. And in the next month, the same. And in the next month, the same. So they really prepared me in having not that much money because of, mm. yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a thing they said very early. So during the bachelor degree, I really tried my best to make a living out of it. That was always part of, yeah, me playing music. Um, that was, and it's... Maybe it's not that romantic to say that because other, other musicians are really into discovering just this big space of music while they're studying. But I was really into making a living as well. And that turned out to work until the pandemics. And in the pandemics, I taught more or less the whole time, piano students, mm -hmm. which I did not before. And now everything, as you told me before, everything's going on. Like I have, I play every month, I play 12, 14, 15 gigs because now it's May and June and everyone, yeah, yeah. things are going on like right now, like crazy. Yeah. For the people who don't get what I was telling him, because you guys weren't part of the conversation, I was saying like there were people who haven't really performed for two years because of the pandemic and this is their first summer, so they're overloading to catch up. And because of that, their episodes right now are becoming less until, you know, things slow down. Because I fully understand that they can't sit down and schedule an interview while they have money to make. That's pretty much what me and him were talking about before the show. <laughs> and it's the same over here, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the same. So you're happy to be back performing, even though it's like overkill? It, so happy, so happy. Even with the overkill, it's a pure joy. It was a pure joy to be on stage again. Yeah. Understood. So. 
Yeah. Well, I must say you got some good teachers on that that were pretty much saying like, yeah, you might not make money. <laughs> That's what they said in a nice way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which is, I would say, apart from making music, not the worst way to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, maybe it's a little philosophic that way. But it was for me a good... Yeah, my luxury is more or less, like, the most of my luxury is making my music. Yeah. And I decided for having less money and be happy with that or try to be as happy as possible with that. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So that's an other whole thing about it. So the happiness versus the non-money, but we're not going to go into that part. <laughs> <laughs> so since the pandemic ended, at least for the most part over there, what have you noticed about the music scene recently? Any major changes? Uh, people might be more grateful right now for being musicians. That's a good one. <laughs> um, that's what I feel. Playing music with all the people, all of them are grateful. And that's, uh, that makes something with music and improvisation and spirit. Uh, and with me. Um, and people are stressed out right now. I think that is has a kind of effect on the like on the, on the improv part as well. Um, uh, but for example, last Friday we played release concert of the new Morbo album here in Leipzig mm -hmm. and I did not had my watch with me on stage and the second set were 80 minutes. Oh, because I was so enthusiastic and we had seven songs, maybe yeah, seven songs, not that much, but everyone wanted to play a solo. And after the concert was everyone like really we were happy, but we were all of like there was no energy at all. They all all the energy was left on stage because um it's not that, I uh, don't know how to say it, um, people are not that sovereign anymore about uh, how they are balancing the, the, the energy. Yes, I kind of like yeah. that better because there's nothing worse than when you go to a jazz performance of a star or someone you really <laughs> like and they give you a half-assed performance, minutes. if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, 55 minutes On performance, the like in a, in, a, in a pocket. Yes. And then, you're, and then you're out, nice, thanks for having us. Yeah, See yeah, you. go right Bye. up to the locker room, don't even say <laughs> hi to anybody. Like, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, I can't stand that. And I could tell you a few artists that done that, that really got me upset. <laughs> and I'm not going to throw their names out, but yes. No, no, <laughs> definitely. So that's good, though. It, it gives people want to go back. And yeah. we're willing to listen to it more because they feel they got their money's worth. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, I, I saw the show of Peter Bernstein, uh, uh, Larry Goldings and Bill Stewart with their trio. Mm -hmm. They were guests here and, and they seem to have, I saw them five, six years ago as well. And they seem to have more energy not more like more inspiration. I don't know, but it seemed to be the whole concert seemed to be more happy, more energetic, more. Um, um, it was longer, <laughs> it was longer, and they love to play 
and they were really in a good shape. Everyone had practiced like a lot, a lot, a lot. That's oh. what I. That that's what I. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that gets me upset about some jazz things. Like some people really think like, I just throw a band together and go out there and it's gonna sound great. Like, yeah, you kind of need to practice. Yeah, I, definitely. I know they hold. They say I'm a great sight reader, and that's a, that's a personal <laughs> little niche of mine. <laughs> 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 you never had that? Like the guy who said who don't come to the practice when you're doing a recording and then he wants to show up the day of and he's making the most mistakes and yeah. he's doing overlaps and everything. Uh, it's like, come on. Definitely. And that was actually nice about this project of mine as well because everyone knows the songs by heart right now, uh, which is, I would say... A very, very good way of making music to yeah. know the songs. <laughs> and then if you actually know the band, there's certain things that, certain habits you pick up. Like, you know this person's going to do this on, like, the downbeat versus us on the high note or, you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, completely. And that's something that, like I said, that a little niche of mine that gets pe me upset when that person <laughs> just thinks I'm just going to pop in and it's going to be perfect. And then I still yeah. want to pay for all five dates. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I think that might happen less times right now. I I hope. I hope so. Hopefully. I agree. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Well, since I said one of mine, what is one of your things that gets you upset when you're recording? Okay. Technical issues. Uh, when I am recording, everything is on the... You have to be on the spot. You have to be there. And you hear everything in pure stereo quality on and you know you're going to play and uh, in five minutes later you're going to hear that like in perfect stereo quality and so I sometimes um, think more about technical things in the studio mm -hmm. which gets me upset because I think that's not really useful to be free in improvisation and making music and stuff yeah um recording when you record do you use iso booths or are you all in the general space mm, with this band we needed separation because the acoustic guitar mm -hmm. and uh, the accordion are really they're the leading instruments and um and the drummer is a uh, can be too loud. I know. Very loud. Very I know. loud. Can be can be very loud, and I love it. And I love it. Yeah, I, like it's not that I, I I love it. I he plays the music so great. Um, but this combination there there the separation we need that. Yeah. Um, with, okay. With each Understood other. on that. Well, yeah. I know sometimes drummers get into it too much, but at least the drummers in the ISO booth you had an acoustic guitar, so the acoustic bass. I fully understand that. Were they mic'd up or were they amped up? Ah, the acoustic bass was mic'd up and the acoustic guitar actually in the live performance now he has three signals. The oh. amp, the mic and a certain kind of internal microphone. I don't know the word in, in mm -hmm. English actually. The pick, a pick yeah, up. Yeah, pickup. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a pickup. It's a pickup. And um, so we mix these three kinds of signals. Yeah. Okay. Genau. Yeah. I like it. Good engineering work on everything. But that's one thing I must say about 
I know it sounds messed up. A lot of the European albums, they seem to care, <laughs> especially the Japanese albums, they really care about the engineering stuff and everything. So I give them that. There's some American ones, and I understand they don't have the budget a lot of times. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they did in their basement. Yeah, yes. all right. Which can be charming as well. I. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Okay. I see. I, okay. Trust me, I heard some bad ones. If you don't believe me, oh, right. I was. It's like they have one mic hanging from the ceiling. They're all pointing yeah. up there. <laughs> <laughs> why the trumpet is so loud? No. Yeah. Yeah. I that's see. why. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what I mean. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> so, in a perfect world, yeah, who would be your ideal bandmates? That's currently on the scene. Anyone in the it's, world. It's a tough one. Um, dead musicians as well? Anybody. Anybody. Yes. If uh, I say on bass, who is it going to be? Uh, on bass, I would pick um, Charlie Hayden. Okay. Maybe. Charlie yeah. Hayden. Okay. Charlie Hayden. Okay, now I have to think about it. That depends. It depends on the music, actually. So many great musicians out there. I just <laughs> so want to know the first ones. one that comes to your head. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And saxophone. So, go. Uh, Joshua Redman. Okay. Trumpet. Yeah. Um, I would pick. Um, Kenny Wheeler, like for the 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 English Englishman. Can you, who who recorded for ECM with John yeah. Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you? Uh, on drums, who would it be? Yeah, doesn't fit, but I always, yeah, Jeff Tain Watts is the pick. Well, I, uh, yeah, I can't argue <laughs> that one too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to reach out to him again to get him out here because a lot of people, a lot of people like him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. That would be such a big... I, I think it just can be pleasure to play with him and record with him. Yeah. And who are you, a vocalist? Um, uh, yeah, a tough one as well. It could be a pop artist. Yeah. Joni Mitchell, I would say. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not, not, your not your choice. Not your choice. Oh, well, my choice is just all over the place. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. No, Joni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, so many, so many really, really good singers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you could turn back time, go mm -hmm. to your 18 year old self where your parents were like, go do jazz, don't do classical, <laughs> would you still major in music or would you do something different? I would still major in music. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. The people who say no, they wouldn't do it. <laughs> Just, and they're great artists and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Actually, yeah, the decision for music and improvised music was one of the best in my life. Yeah. Okay. Really. And then here's another hard one for you. Yeah. <laughs> Give it. <laughs> If you could remove all the barriers, all the constraints, what project would it be? Would you make? And what style would it be? Because I already know who would be on it. 
Um, yeah. I don't know if the musicians I picked would be like the choices I... Really? Okay, so who would be out of the change? Give me a different set of people. Okay. Um, maybe... Tough one. Really tough one. So many possibilities. Um, maybe I would do like a big recording session with a kind of larger ensemble and a choir. And, um, and I would invite... Um, as well, Kenny Wheeler, I would pick Charlie Hayden. The, I would not pick Joni Mitchell. I would not pick Jeff Tain because with Jeff Tain, I want to burn. And with the choir... and, and with, I know, I understand that <laughs> one. <laughs> you will overpower the choir. <laughs> Could be, yeah. No, yes. no definitely. And, um, and in, ah, in, for drumming, I would pick Brian Blade, actually. For this kind of certain certain project, which has a yeah, that would be great. Wow, that would be awesome. And <laughs> and for for maybe I would pick own compositions, but I did not have like I haven't written for um, for choir and large ensemble. It's a big project, and like you you said, oh, there's no barrier. So that's that's that might be a project for in twenty years. Or in 25. I need, I need to learn a lot to go there, actually. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, that was not the weirdest one I ever heard. <laughs> There's I'm a thing on this. this, like, every time I get, like, a good double bass player on there, they mm -hmm. all seem to have this dream that they want to all bass orchestra. Yeah, all of them together. Yes. Like, and, 30 basses. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. does anyone want to hear that? <laughs> uh, here's, the, here's like here's the thing i have um i i have a piano duo row in in germany mm -hmm. um here which i host and i always try to combine pianists from from germany and we have like two nice grand pianos and everything is nice and it's recorded and stuff and one of the piano players asked me jonas can you uh can you uh, name me one like important album which influenced you, which is piano duo, like really two piano players playing together? Mm -hmm. And he was completely right. It's such an interesting thing, but on my like in my in my what I hear, my albums, my most fifty most favorite albums, of course, none of them is a piano duo thing. None of them. Yeah, none of them. No. Oh. Well, I had a guest on before, okay? She's yeah. from Brazil, and she did an amazing series with a, another famous piano player who unfortunately passed away. And it's mainly just a YouTube Lost Sessions. And that one was just amazing because it's like they started kind of battling, then it's like they started improvising together, and it just built and built and built. And I was just like, I even asked her, why didn't you push this more? And she pretty much didn't give me an answer. So do you have anything like that, at least? Mm, I would say no. Not oh, okay. Yeah. 
Sorry. It's all right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Understood, man. Trust me, man. I I think my best gigs, my best sets, I never recorded. Yeah. I feel for that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, um, yeah. No, not really. Not really. Nothing. Actually, for, for some some kind of like this constellation with two pianists or two piano players i think i have to 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 go on some years to major in music more to get into that yeah because i heard about like i had nice nice dudes with fred hirsch and some of his students and all as well there's a piano duo set live from richie and joey calderazzo yes for example wait did he say you uh, battled with fred hirsch no, no, I, oh, no, okay, not, okay. not me, not me, not okay, me. I was, no. I was about to say, I want to hear that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, not yet. No, I, 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 yeah. So it's very, it's a kind of complicated. Uh, no, not complicated, but very interesting and hard to balance to play with two piano players. Yeah, very, but so interesting. I love it actually. Yeah. Okay, man. I love it too. Well. <laughs> Tell the people where to find your album, how to reach you, etc. Um, yeah, you find actually you can find my albums on Spotify and all the streaming uh, streaming platforms. Actually, Apple Music everywhere. Just write my name there, Jonas Tim, and uh, the title of the album is Morbu, which is a Catalonian name for a feeling like an obsessive feeling, which can be. Not good, but can be good as well. And yeah, I thought it might fit to the music we do. Um, uh, but if you want to support me, you can just uh, purchase in at internet and yacht PC. I don't know, like it's it's more or less out on a lot of uh, websites, released on a lot of websites in a lot of countries. Um, mm. You reach me on uh, my website and find there. On my Instagram, like jonastim.de, or the inter in the Instagram is just jonastim. And um, yeah, if you're interested in the projects and what I do, I would yeah love to hear from you, even personally. I really I answer I do answer mails like a lot. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> I'll post that all on the website just in case anyone wants to yeah. find it. And yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us, man. It was great. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how how many how many German performers you had recently in your interview? I want to say like five, six. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think you're episode ninety one. And do we have something in common? That was interesting. Like the Germans, would you say? Like, can you generalize? Generalize? I don't yeah. think you all have anything like that. I just know that you looked up towards the American greats, but I think that's worldwide. Definitely. Like yeah. I the only thing I really say that you all really have in common is that you guys put your money in your engineering work. <laughs> really. I, you're all different. You all have different sounds. It's just that post processing, you know, post recording, I think you guys yeah. are really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Other than that, I don't really have that one thing like, oh, this is a definitely a German musician. Actually, I give this to my engineer. He's the best friend from childhood on I have. Mm. And um, uh, we 
continued like our work like for 10 years right now and the the engineering work the post post production was a democratic really hard process of arguing with each other about things it was really it was not like i not gave him the album and say okay now mix it and master it and i would be happy it was more it was more like we discussed on a lot of things so yeah he he would be very happy about what you said okay well yeah thanks, thank you man. <laughs> Tell him I said what's up. If I ever do an album in Germany, I reach out to him. If my engineer yeah, definitely. can't do definitely. it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, this is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good day. And join us. We'll talk later, okay? <laughs> Leander, thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.